Welcome, friend, to the trifecta of joy. What is the trifecta? Awareness, befriending your inner critic, and raising your vibe. This podcast is about you, your life, your adventure, and how to live it juicy. Our podcast is brought to you by Perfectly Imperfect Life Coaching. Download your free joy guide at www.freejoybook.com. A gift from us to you. Again, www.freejoybook.com. I'm your host, Tanya Gill. But really, we're in this together. Connected, sharing, and adventuring through life. So let's do it with joy. Welcome, friends. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad that you're here. Misty and I have already been having the most incredible conversation. And Misty is... I, it's funny because I actually have you in my contacts as mystical Misty um, because you really are kind of a, a beautiful blending of so much gorgeous energy and education and insight and experience and having the opportunity to meet with you and chat with you and introduce you to our audience is super cool. I really don't even know how to describe you. So <laughs> it's your elevator pitch, Misty. Like, how do you describe yourself? I love that. I, just depending on the, uh, the, the events and one, I don't know about you, but I fucking hate networking events. Cause I'm like, I'm getting married for a reason. You're walking around having a beer. I'm like, what do you do? What do you do? Like, it's so impersonal and dumb. So sometimes I don't have elevator pitches cause I'm, I'm just get into the moment and get excited about other people. So I, I love to say that I am um, proud ADHD uh, because I really, maybe we could co-write it. I want to have a book where you're talking about disorders, but their superpowers, not disorders. <gasps> and because ADHD is a superpower if I utilize it, just like a kryptonite of it. But I was, even when I work with others, I do business psychology. Um, I like talking over beer or coffee, just sitting down and having great conversations with people and inspiring them to reconnect to their purpose and passion and then helping them monetize it but the funny part was last week I was at a conference I was telling you about and one of the ladies like oh uh, my mom had anxiety I have anxiety my daughter has anxiety and I was like well yeah it sounds like each of you are giving each other the gift but what it really is is you think deep 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 what is the superpower of thinking that deep and just really my superman but really when I, I, cause I've been 21 years at a nonprofit for at risk youth mental health was, I think we do a disservice when we tell someone like, oh, you've had this since birth and here's all the defects of it. Instead of your brain works in a crazy, super way, we have to harness it. And so that's what I'm able to do with help others is help them use their superpowers, whether it's anxiety, ADHD, what are the, are the um, oh, my favorite that just kind of hit last year was the imposter syndrome oh that's a good one right so I can go all day with that one right like well, like, well what are you really <laughs> well so okay I, this is exciting to me because I really think that we should have a conversation about superpowers right here right now because in okay I'm a registered social worker and I use I, I used to be employed with children's services and so in that helping realm there are a lot of labels and, and the truth is Labels are a double-edged sword because mm. the beautiful thing about a diagnosis and a label is it usually means a way towards support and funding. 
right? So potential help, right? So the label comes with the gift of potential help, insight and understanding, right? So people are often very grateful as parents, for example, when they understand that their child is autistic, it feels like they've got an explanation. Yes. The, the other edge of the sword is that it means that life for that person may not look typical, which is kind of funny because what, what the fuck is typical these <laughs> days anyway? Like, what is typical? But I love that we live in a day and age and in a world that is starting to recognize that that there are gifts that come with some of these labels if you will and that you describe them as superpowers is so beautiful um you know i'm i have worked with a lot of clients that have been affected by prenatal alcohol exposure Mm. um and a label that can be very very hard on people is fasd right adhd a little more acceptable fasd means you were exposed to alcohol before you were born And I get to judge you for that, right? Because a lot of people with FASD are judged for what their mother did while they were in utero, right? And yet there are superpowers associated with, I really agree that any, if you want to throw some letters and a diagnosis on anybody, everybody, then do it because, and then shine a light on it, shine fucking light on it. What's your superpower? I love it because I was thinking you you nailed it. Is that when people think that they're different or crazy or alone, when you have that sort of category, you'd be like, oh my gosh, this this sounds like me. I'm not alone. Like people understand it a little better. But then it swings to like, oh, disorder or whatever. Instead of swinging to, I understand myself a little better because of science. And then now, what do I do with that? So my superpower is my solution and thought process. So like having a thousand ideas a moment at any given time um, when I meet someone, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, here's 30,000 ideas I have just being inspired by what you do. Now, my fiance does not think it's a superpower and I had to learn not everyone's looking for solutions. Um, Sometimes, this is crazy, people want to be heard. No, no way. My superpower, which is sometimes my kryptonite, is I am an extrovert, extrovert, square. So I, when I do trainings, people laugh because my favorite thing is, you guys, you're not going to believe this. There's people out there who think about what they say before they say it. So they would like time to do that. So if you're talking or training, you have to pause. And even when I'm pausing, I'm counting in my head so that I give enough time to pause because I'm the one that used to ask the same question 22 ways because I thought you weren't understanding it. I didn't know you were forming the answer. Ah, because you process so quickly and you process from so many different directions. Yes. Now, may I ask, Missy, have you been diagnosed ADHD? I have. You have, hey? But in my adult life, because when I was a kid, I was just a hyper hypo. But when I, it's always served me in playing sports or excelling in academics because I only had to learn things a couple times and just repeat the thing. So it didn't really hinder me until I went back to get my master's degree. But when I went back to get my master's degree and I was running a program full-time, full-time job running programs and had like a hundred people under me and I'm getting a master's, I couldn't organize it. 
So I went in and I got my diagnosis and I did, I got on meds for a little bit just so I could learn how my brain operates on meds. And then within six months, I was able to get off the meds and just do the structure of the meds to be successful. And I'm super proud of, I got a 4.0. A 4.0. Yeah. Cause I think in my bachelor's life, when I plus I was like 18 through 22, my bachelor's, I had like a 3.2, but the greatest time of my life. That was a well-earned 3.2. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, and by the way folks we call that harmony i don't use the word balance because i think balance is bullshit but we call that harmony it's when you can say that you know what like you rang it dry for what it was mm-hmm. and did the best it did your best and enjoyed every minute of it every moment of it that I, is so beautiful i knew to stay another year in college and i was like we got to get into the workforce and i'm like you guys know i was like warning everyone it's never going to be like this again why are you in a hurry I'm like I'm gonna switch my minor and stay one more year so I did five years just because I knew it was the most magical experience ever when you turn to an adult it's not what it's all cracked up to be Mm, adulting yeah right so so you were diagnosed with ADHD as an adult and then recognized it as your superpower how do you help other people see that superpower instead of seeing it as a deficit or a roadblock I really think it's the, especially if you have ADHD, because you have these like grandiose ideas and you get super excited, but then you change when you see a squirrel and you, you procrastinate while at the same time you get super focused. So people get confused because they're like, well, you focus just fine when you're playing video games or you focus just fine when you're doing this, but how come you can't finish an assignment that's due in three days instead of the day before? So they get into a lot of shame and blame. Hmm. Then they start self-doubting. So when I usually meet the entrepreneur, they're usually an entrepreneur because they can't, (laughs) they hate eight, nine to five jobs, but they also struggle to do the things they need to do to bring in the income they know they're capable of. They're just not quite there yet. So we just help them structure an accountability. A lot of times we'll do more for others than ourselves. And instead of overanalyzing it, just know that we do it and put some of those measures in place. So able to help them just stay clear and focused until they get the things done. And when they get the things they don't want to do done, it's easier to then step into the, oh my God, this is fun. Like meeting people or the aspect of coaching, like sitting down, having coffee and getting to the root of someone's thought patterns. Amazing. Amazing. I, I've never been diagnosed. Um, I call myself ADHD. I also just call it my fairy because I am a fairy. So I like to flit and and I'm, that's just the way I'm wired. I'm also an extrovert extrovert, uh, an extra extrovert. Like I'm like an I'm like an extrovert on espresso without needing the espresso. Like I'm her, <laughs> right? I, I am. I'm her. I own it. I totally own it. Um, but you know, it's interesting as you're talking about like the grandiose ideas. And I think for people in business, that can be super powerful. For people who are in, I'm just gonna call it life. My experience has been that that some people see ADHD, for example, as really a massive deficit and a roadblock to possibilities. Mm. So what would you say to someone who has someone with ADHD in their life who's an adult or who has ADHD themselves and maybe doesn't see it as the superpower that it has the potential to be? It's like having a Porsche engine, but not knowing how to drive it. So it's really oh, about driving your best, car, right? That is the best metaphor. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. 
but they drive it like a Pinto or they like wreck it. Or sometimes with, unfortunately with ADHD, because your mind doesn't stop, they find substances, right? So they, they like the way that the substance feels because it, it stops. They're always like, think, 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 go, go, go. But if you put the car on the right racetrack, the, the car just wants to continue going. And I think that's why when, um, people ask me like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I've had the same day job for 21 years. I direct and write and direct multi-million dollar programs for a nonprofit, but I have two businesses that I'm rearing up on the side. And then I do these other things. But with me, I could also, if I'm not careful, I could Netflix and chill all day. I'm like, oh, this is an interesting show. And now that there's 22 of them left, I better sit here and finish it. So it's really that, okay, controlling, like, I know that when I'm doing something I want, I don't want to stop but other things have to be done too. How do I do the transitions? And then I teach others how to do that. Cause it started with kids because kids with high ADHD, these poor kids um, are always put in situations where I'd stop, don't. Um, and you get no. tired of them, right? You're like, Oh my gosh, do you ever stop? And the only time they stop is when they sleep and then they're right back up and at it again. But you have to fill their days and fill their minds and keep the structure because they can't self-structure. So, and structure is a skill. And unfortunately, I think sometimes we forget we have to take the time to teach the skill, even with adults. So um, a lot of times it's just finding that zone of excellence and helping people stay in that without the shame and blame of when they fall off the track. Oh, oh you're speaking my language. You are so speaking my language, sister. I, I wanna come back to what you said about kids with ADHD. I, of course, have worked with many children with ADHD, and I have a child with ADHD, and um, and I I would self-diagnose with ADHD. I'm just not interested in the label. I, I would probably <laughs> say it is a superpower for me as well. Um, but what you said, this was so interesting. Like, you know, we constantly are telling our people, children often with ADHD, the primary words that they're hearing are those low vibration words of don't, not, and no, right? So we tell ourselves that if you want to be successful in life, watch your language, try to mm -hmm. avoid the words don't, not, and no, because vibrationally they're toxic. You're far better off to put energy into more positive things than don't, not, and no. And yet for people who are differently wired or differently abled or have incredible superpowers, that don't not and know is, is often how we, we as that outside world direct them and try to, I'm just gonna say, control the boundaries from which, the, the lane from which they're trying to drive their, their Porsche engine in their Pinto. And what you're describing is saying, hey, you know what? You have a Pinto underneath is the Porsche engine. Let's get you in the lane so that you can be successful in that lane and, and like literally win the race that is your life, right? Not anybody else's. But I love that because I I watch these, the, the dog trainer shows, right? And they, they're really serious. They're like, Hey, this pit needs like two hours of walking a day. And if you can't do that, you shouldn't have him because in order for him to be successful, this is what he needs. Right. But we don't do that with parents, right? Because you're trying to structure the child based on your needs and your wants instead of moving towards, okay, if my kid needs to be running around for two hours a day just to think straight, where am I going to make that effort so that the kid can be in those environments to kind of get wear out or or to think or to, um, with ADHD, when 
why we're hyper-focused is we find zones of genius where we feel good. A lot of times for kids, that's gaming because there's so much stimulus going on at the same time. You know, with parents, they feel bad, like, I can't let them game for three hours. Well, why not? Like, if you set the standard, if your room's clean and this is done, because we get very motivated when we want something. So utilizing that motivation without it, like, well, shouldn't you be reading a book? Is he, should they? I don't know. Like, is it a book on tape? Can they go for a walk? Like, what is their zone to get out their thoughts or their energy so that they can just be at baseline without these, like, a thousand thoughts for, for beating them at once? Even today, there was a decision I had to be made. And I was, there was, like, eight things I was doing. And I was like, stop. You're just trying not to make this stupid decision. Sit down, write out your list. You know what to do. And then make the decision. And, of course, as soon as I wrote it out, went into my vibrational space and was like, oh yeah, I, I knew what I want to do all along. Just do it. Everything else went, but it was this whole, like my subconscious trying to distract me the entire time when I already knew what I knew. I just had to stop, connect to me and just move forward with the actions that that was a decision. I think whether or not you have ADHD, there's a message in that for every single one of our listeners, because I'm, I'm the same way. I, I can have a million things going on. And then I'll be like, I'll say to Peter, I'm going for a walk. And he'll be like, you just told me you have 7,000 things to do. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. And I'm going to go and I'm going to get grounded. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to hammer my shit. Right. But if I don't recognize what I need in order to get centered and grounded again, I'm going to spin my wheels. Right. And I think that a lot of us have that and, and especially, and I definitely think that people with ADHD experience it in a different way. Um, but it is that, it is that space of recognizing that something has, there is something that will create that grounding that will then allow the other pieces to make more sense and be more logical and less overwhelming, mm. you know, and that, that space of, and that grounding can be going for a walk or it can be sitting down and writing it out and being like, oh, it was in front of me all along. This is exactly what I need to do, but I just need to be in this space for it. Right? And I love that because we, we talked about the the third thing that you really love is like getting in the right vibration. Yeah. And we sometimes, I think, without meaning to keep ourselves out of the right vibration because we know it's going to happen in the right vibration. So it really just is me like, okay get into the right vibration you need to do what you need to do instead of having that sort of like well i don't i don't want to go to bed early even though if i wake up tomorrow i know it'll be way better for it right having that sort of I, i'm doing that now so funny with food because i just starting to connect food i was talking to an expert in vibration and i said you know fast food is starting to taste gross and different not what i expect and she's like oh you're vibrating higher and i'm like i understand what you mean she's like at different vibrations food if it's not vibrating with you it's not going to taste the same. So you have to maybe jump into higher vibration of food. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And she's all just monitor how you feel when you eat something, not how it tastes, but how you feel. And you'll notice the higher vibration now, the better the taste. You're not going to have to be making yourself eat the food that's good for you because you're on that vibration level. And it was so funny. I was like, she's crazy. And then I went out for a week and I'm like, why is, why is celery tasting so damn good and cucumbers and like, all this food that I would be like, you have to eat some of this before you eat chips. It's just like tasting amazing. And I'm like, oh, I get what she's saying now. She's not crazy. It's the, even my taste buds are wired into a vibration that I didn't know. 
you know why I love this podcast? Because because conversations take the coolest twists and turns. And in a million years, would I have thought I was going to be having a talk with Missy Kerrigan about the vibration of food? No. And yet, <laughs> and yet, and yet, it's perfect because what you are describing is something that I've very recently have experienced. Um, so I don't know if you know my story. I used at my highest, it was actually 275 pounds. No. Um, yeah. And, um, and I have the skin to prove it. Uh, <laughs> sorry. No, no you know what? I'm no, not no, sorry. I'm not I sorry, understand. but I do. I have the skin to prove it. And, and, and I don't talk about how much I weigh now, because what I've realized is I was so fixated on weight instead of being happy mm. that as soon as I finally said, you know what, actually, I'm just going to enjoy myself where I am and just pay attention to what feels good and, and really work on making my life feel good my my weight my life my whole body completely changed and so did my nutritional profile and my palate so i have children who by the way are are, are eating in our home is really really complicated because we have a child who's vegan Ooh. peter has dairy and gluten allergies my husband and then I have two boys, one of which I would call a meatitarian, like his favorite food <laughs> is just like flesh, basically. And then I am moving more towards vegetarianism because I don't like eating meat anymore. I don't like the taste of meat. It's just not in my wheelhouse of, it's not that I have like, it, it's a very interesting thing, but I would much rather eat dairy but I would not and I'll never give up cheese oh my like, god I love cheese yes I'm a cheesetarian I yeah like I yeah like I have I I have postcards printed that say I love you more than cheese if I send you <laughs> but is it real that says <laughs> I love you more than cheese you need to know I really fucking love you like <laughs> serious <a> deep love <laughs> I love cheese but what you're talking about the vibration I've had this conversation with a couple of people now who have said even if you don't consider from a spiritual sense, because some people have a hard time with this concept of vibration and spirituality in those pieces, from the perspective of just being eating food that is closer and closer to its source, its original source, is a is a higher vibration. Mm. And so that that experience of connecting to nutrition and a source, if you will, of sustenance for yourself, that the vibration of what you're putting into your body, when you start to pay attention to it, becomes a, an entirely different experience than within your body. So, Crazy. and then you're talking about like celery tastes like, and <laughs> I get it. I buy giant Costco bags of celery now, and we eat it like it's, like, like I've just brought in like chocolate bars and it's so interesting. I used to, I was getting so disappointed because I would build up something in my head. I'm like, I want an In-N-Out burger, California In-N-Out is huge. And I would go through the line. And I would be like, oh, I'd be like, oh, so it's not where my alignment was with what I thought I would be like, like a drug, I guess. Apparently they say food's a drug, um, <laughs> <laughs> that it wasn't getting me the same high. But it's so crazy that, that you said that is as soon as I disconnect from why I'm eating, I could eat anything like just pounding down 
the cake or the chocolate and then feeling like crap. And it was this, um, why don't I focus on the, the joy and how I'm going to feel in 20 minutes? You are so awesome. That's so not easy. Awesome. It's easier to it done. Well, and, and that's, I think that's exactly it. Like, you know, I, um, Oh God, there are so many directions that I could go with this. So I'm going to start with fat shaming because this is mm. what's come up for me a, a lot lately is um, there's some really amazing people in social media and in media and in entertainment who, who don't fit that mold of what, when I was growing up was the Britney Spears Barbie model body that was supposed to be aspired to and like, right and and now there are people like Lizzo in the world who are right I mean she is a fucking goddess she is brilliant she is talented and she is beautiful and bold that's what I love right unapologetically her her. right and that's exactly it she is so unapologetically authentic it's like and this is me and if I'm not your fucking thing (laughs) see ya and I love that because I, I really believe that that is the only way to really live with a truly happy life is to be able to, maybe her, you know, some people see her as a little bit more extreme. I don't, I think she's like, I think she, uh, sometimes I put Lizzo as my BFF as a hashtag because I'm like, I just love this woman. I do. I just love her. Um, but, <clears throat> but, or, and the message around that really is like, it's about building a sense of trust with yourself. And when I listen to our whole conversation, our whole conversation, Misty, if you like, as I'm listening to our conversation at the very center of all of it is the trust that you instill in yourself. The the trust that, for example, what people may have labeled as a disability, right? or you're, and I often use the term differently abled, but whatever, Mm. you know, whatever that different ability is, or that superpower is, or whatever it is, is it really is about trusting yourself in it, whether it's the vibration of the food you're consuming, or whether it's navigating decision-making in a storm, when you've got a million things going on, or whether it's leaning into the different abilities and gifts that you've been given in this life and having them work for and with you instead of resisting and fighting them. It is that space of trust. Mm. And like, holy shit, like I can actually see it's so funny, right? Like I picture I'm very visual. So I picture the Pinto with the Porsche engine and it's like trusting that the lane that you're going to get into is going to have the pit crew that you need is going yes. to right is going to be like that that it's going that the that the track is going to be right and when the track isn't right you've got the skills to navigate and move around where you need to go to keep on the track and keep going you know like but it comes down to trusting you have to trust yourself you've got to trust the people you're surrounding yourself with mm. like how many of your clients end up having to do edits in their lives around potential relationships, connections, as they start to really connect with their truth. 
So we, I, before you guys got on, we were talking about how kind of science nerdy we are with education and, and Donnie and Peter are the same way, right? We, we collect degree certificates because we love learning. Well, I did a study once and then I did a training on it was, you know, you, we've heard you're the sum of the five people you surround yourself with, right? Uh-huh. It goes deeper. You're the sum of the five people their people surround themselves with. And the and you're still, there's like 20% impact from the people of the people that they surround themselves with. And to put that in perspective, if I gave you guys, I think it said something like 400 more dollars a year, that's going to only impact you like 15%. But a friend of a friend is going to impact you 20% in the sense of influencing your uh, mood, your thoughts, or your behavior. So we're not the sum of the five. We're the sum of the sum of the sum. So when you're choosing your five, it really is who are their five and who are their five's five, because those are all going to be contagious too. And I thought that was a phenomenal thing to really take into consideration when you're choosing your five. And um, to not have to go home and divorce your family or, or to really look at that, but to really look at where you're putting your time in. And I, I had to do that in my life too, because I'm like, if, if I am the smartest one in the room, I got to find a, a better room, not because the people in the room, but because I will never grow or out comfort this room if this is the room I'm most comfortable in. So it's getting out there and meeting new people. And that's when my life started to change was taking on new friendships, new mentors. And it never hurts to be an extrovert. Um, you're going to love that. When I was little, my grandparents raised me and my grandma loved Vegas. And so they would drop me off at a water park at nine in the morning and they would come back and be like, see you at five. And they would leave. And, you know, nowadays helicopter friends are like, oh my gosh. So they're like, what did you do? And I'm like, I had the best day ever. I would just follow friends around and make new friends and until their family left and I would make a new friend because I was an extrovert. I was like, this is so cool. I got to meet all these people and hang out for two hours until they leave. And I've always been through a life where the family's like, oh, we'll adopt you, right? Because being an only child of grandparents, you learn communication and making people laugh and just being fun to be around. But that's kind of what helps me with my, who's the sum of my five is, well, where am I lacking that I can get around someone that that comes easy to them? Is it confidence? Is it food? Is it, you know, like working out because you're going to take on some of those beliefs even without knowing it. You hear that? Pay attention to your five. And, and, and this is something I, I really feel like it's really important to remind people is during the pandemic, if your five were your family and maybe they, I mean, I, I've seen this time and again, where a lot of people have said, actually, my five have killed, just about killed me because yes. as much as I love them, they are just not as inspiring as I need them to be. Right. And so, you know, this is not one of those things where we're trying to suggest people go out and divorce families. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> like, you can't be my best friend. You can't be in my room because you're not smart enough. You're, or interesting enough and you're not going to make me grow. <laughs> That, that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about that awareness, right? The awareness mm -hmm. around who, what relationships are you cu cultivating? What relationships are you pruning, right? And and what relationships, you know, are, are at, at what stage of life are your relationships and, it, and how are they serving you and the other person? Oh, I think no people, no people... Not a lot of people think about that reciprocally because you might actually be the succubus, right? The one who's not making it that like this energy is exchanged between me and you. And I've had lots of people who had to take a step back and be like, I'm the one that initiates everything or, you know what? I have a friend and I wait till they call me and I don't initiate anything. So it, it really is taking that accountability in 
Where, who am I showing up as? And am I reciprocal? And are they reciprocal? Because you stop doing things for certain people and you find out they don't call. Um, you don't, you don't even have to get rid of them. They get rid of themselves. Well, and, and, or, and, and I had this experience um, where I, because as extroverts, we are natural connectors. Okay. Like I, we just, I'm just going to own it for myself. I know that a lot of extroverts are natural connectors. And so one of the things that, that I have personally had to own is that I'm a natural connector. So I've created a lot of relationships where I've always been the one who's done the reaching out just because I'm just that person. Like I'm always connect, like I'm all, I am that person. When I stopped being that person so that I could spend more time with myself and, and, and do some things that I needed to do, the experience of it was that I had some people who felt extremely hurt mm. and, and felt like I had abandoned them. And, and so, you know, the message around that is, oh, poor Tanya, and we're, we're not here to shit all over the people who felt that. That is not the point, right? Like, this is not a, oh my God, we need to feel sorry for Tanya because her friends decided not to be friends with her anymore. No, no, this is really about the awareness of it and, and recognizing that if you are the person who is the regular connector and, and you you stop for whatever reason and then those connections naturally fall away it's okay to let them and it doesn't have to be fucking drama and it doesn't have to be like i hate you and you hate me now and you're not my friend on facebook anymore right it can just be like hey it doesn't mean i love you any less but it means that that connection is just flowing away and that's okay that's okay. But the responsibility of the reciprocal relationship is mm. like, it's so huge. And I, and I think a lot of people think that they are the responsible. We all have to own our responsibility in it, but we also have to be willing to share the responsibility with others and recognize where they will arrive in that. And if it's not where it aligns with you, that's okay. You know, mm. that's good. Right. Like, I don't know why people need drama. Why do people need drama, Misty? Let's see. Sometimes that's all they know, like growing up, right? That drama was love or drama's entertainment or they're significant through the drama. I tried to, uh, someone will say something cryptic, right? They'll be like, well, you know, so-and-so doesn't blah, blah, blah. And I have to stop myself and be like, it doesn't, you don't need to go why or who, or like, do you need to know or do you want to know? And a lot of times I don't need to know. I just want to know because they were, they were dropping it. I'm like, but I don't want to, I don't want to know. I don't. So like, I just, um, I, the biggest compliment I got from one of my friends is like, I appreciate being with you because we talk about ourselves and ideas and we don't talk about other people. Mm. And I said, that's a huge compliment. Thank you. That's a, that is actually, that's a, a beautiful check-in and reminder for people is, you know, when you get together with someone what are your conversations about? You know, really, what are they, what are your conversations about? And the other thing is, is if you are talking about someone, um, you know, I, I heard this beautiful quote, which was, uh, if someone is talking about me behind my back, it means I'm in front of them. Right. <laughs> and, and isn't that a great statement? 
And, and then the question becomes is like, why are you putting these people that aren't even a part of that conversation in front of you? And, and to what end is because is it something you need to talk about or is it something you want to talk about? And when you're using that space, like I think sometimes we want to talk about other people because then it deflects from the real shit in our worlds too. Right? <laughs> like, right. oh my God, can you believe what she's doing? We feel better about ourselves. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah. Pay attention to the five people you surround yourself with because the potential, what's the math on that, Misty? Yeah, the five of the five of the five. I thought that was insane. Five times whoa like that's more math than I can do <laughs> have you done the math by yeah, time I have five? it in the training I break it down percentage wise and 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 show but I, did, I didn't have the training in front of me I just was thinking about that pay attention to your five and don't beat yourself up if your five right now are not the most desirable five in the world just start paying attention to leaning into making those connections with some some more five some it's more okay five. A couple more fives. It's all good. It's all good. Misty, we could talk for hours. Oh, I, <laughs> I have been. <laughs> I know. I just looked at the clock and went, that was so fast. Was fast. I love I love it when they're just like easy conversations and we just talk like, look at what was this like topic? Flow. Right? I so for our listeners, um before oh, yeah, listeners. <laughs> yeah. We've got listeners. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, remember us? Um before we, bef all of, all of our podcasts are very, I'm going to use the word organic in that, mm. you know, more than anything, I want people to be able to join in in really cool conversations with really amazing people and feel inspired in their lives in a where, in a way that either touches on awareness or befriending their inner critic or raising their vibe. And quite honestly, I think that <laughs> this conversation has done all of the above and more. Misty, if you had a closing piece of advice for our listeners in life, like seriously, you get to give this piece of information. <laughs> this is the last piece of advice you give, even though I'm going to see you in a week. I know. Uh, I know. It's going to be so amazing. What, what do you, what would you say to somebody? Actually, can I get, can I give you a, what would you say to the mother of an adult child with ADHD? Because I know that those people are listening. What advice would you give to the mother of a child, an adult child with ADHD? You know, I always tell the kids, and now I use it with adults, if you don't define yourselves, others will. So it, it's really strength to define yourself. But sometimes with ADHD or with moms, you don't allow the child to define themselves because you're worried or you want better for them. So it really is, is how do you help the child, even if they're an adult, but how do you help them define themselves because we can't give someone value they have to give themselves value first we could and the crazy part about parenting and this is the best tip of the day i'm going to lean in is our children don't do what we say our children do what we do so how you treat yourself or how you allow others to treat you your child will copy and paste that into their life so if your your child is not where they need to be are you and i always say quit lying to your child you know we come home tired from work we're like follow your dreams and your kids are like, you didn't. Why are you telling me to follow my dreams? You hate your job or you're, you're, you know, you're not where you want to be, but you know, like, but because we, we want so much better for our children. So it really is that how do we help them define themselves without being um, scared for them, but really letting them fail and succeed 
which is a horrible feeling as a parent, right? When you, you don't want them to fall, but it's the, it's in the getting back up that we usually define ourselves in our character. And, and I think that, ooh, that is a lean in one. That is such a lean <laughs> in. That, le- legit, Misty, that is such a lean in because, um, <clears throat> a podcast I actually just recently did with my best friend was around like the difference between the generations of our mothers and us and our children, because the degrees of choice have, have broadened for us over time. Thank God. Right. Like, thank God that, that homophobia and, and all, and racism and some of those things which very much still exist, exist in to lesser degrees. And and there is space for people to be who they are, period, Mm -hmm. including with gifts like like differently abled, ADHD, autism, all of those, anything, period. Uh, The gift of being differently abled. Um, and, And the idea that we can really truly nurture our children to live and step into their truths means that we have to let them fucking fail. Because what happens if we don't let them fail, they don't learn the power of that and they don't learn the skill of getting back up. Right. And so, yeah, like that is so, so powerful. Let them connect with who they are. Let them define themselves. And then as a parent, decide how you're going to support them in that definition. And And they'll always redefine. I work with parents all the time. I'm the local call when like my business friends, when their, their kid shows up and like, I'm pan or I think I'm gay or I like that. And so they call me and they're like, what do you think? And I always laugh and I go, there's something with this generation that is just more comfortable with being where they're at when they're at. So just support them where they're at. And you'll be really, really pleasantly surprised. They're going to go somewhere else. Because they're not going to have your, it's like a river, right? They're not going to have your pushback and make them want it more or think if that's really them. But if you flow with them, oh, you're pan, great. You know what that means? Let's look it up. Do you know if, you know, by saying that, what others might think or say in positive and negative, but flowing through logical conversations to help them create logic without reading, no, you're not. Well, that sounds dumb. Or, well, okay, if you are, let's go um, buy a flag. Like, so really just looking at, finish the conversation with them. Like you're a lot of the kids, even though they'll, they want to admit it, they still want your, the parents approval and advice, but it's just, it's having a conversation without it being manipulated by the parent. Um, you know, the favorite parent one, right? Do you want this <gasps> or this? <laughs> because we, we've been doing it since they were little. So it's really just taking that step back and helping them become who they, their best version of themselves without trying to shape it so hard as the parent. Oh, that is such solid, beautiful, beautiful advice, my friend. Oh my God. Okay. Misty, what is the best way for our audience to find you and get to know you more? I love my Instagram and Facebook. It's uh, Misty K33. Uh, if you, or if you Google Misty Kerrigan, K-E-R-R-I-G-A-N, you will find this amazing uh, face. And then mine is kind of like yours. Like it's, it's random fun. It's deep thoughts in the moment. And it's um, puns. I love puns. And I'm a sucker for dad jokes. Um, so different things, sometimes educational, a lot of times just smart ass. You see, you're you're talking to you are talking <laughs> to my people. You know you're talking to my people. Oh my gosh. Oh 
I know that our listeners are going to fall in love with you as much as I have. Um, I, I feel like I need to tell everyone how I know you. We sat down at a lunch across the okay. table from you. Peter and I sat down at a lunch across the table from you. And you and I had a, about a two and a half minute conversation. And Peter and you had much more time together. Oh my God, yes. Gorgeous and beautiful. And, and that's when he was like, you need to get to know Misty and you need to get her on the podcast. And, and then here we are. And I'm so grateful. Like, I just love the, the crazy small world. But yeah, I didn't even like, we felt like a minute. So we're looking around. Everyone's getting up to leave. Me and Peter are still talking. I'm like, I think you have to go. And he's like, but I don't want to. <laughs> he's like, fine. He's like, my wife will find you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. My wife will find you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Misty, thank you so much for this. I know that our listeners are going to love you and um, and you are a gift. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being you. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening, my friend. We are deeply grateful you chose to be here. I trust that this is inviting you, even if in some small way, to deepen your awareness, befriend your inner critic, and raise your vibration. Please follow us, leave a review, and share this podcast with a friend. If you have any ideas or feedback, please reach out. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. You are loved.